Good afternoon and welcome to the Tech Central podcast. Today is brought to you by Software Evolution Africa and Axis Cloud Technologies. My name is Daniel Robus and I'll be your host today. Today I'm joined by two well-established gentlemen from the South African market. We've got Andrew Green from Software Evolution Africa with the coolest title on the planet. And then we've got Vili from Access Cloud Technologies. And I'm going to start with you, Vili, if you could just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us why you're here today. Thanks, Daniel. And I really appreciate the time for this and really excited for us to participate. And good afternoon, Andrew. We see each other often, but good to see you again. As introduced, thank you, Willy Janssen van Rensburg. I've been with Access for quite some time, close to 11 years now, and ran a few other portfolios over time, mainly with the on-prem VMware environment, and are now executive for cloud technologies at Access. So really awesome. exciting time for us to move forward and our relationship with Andrew and Morpheus. Awesome. Thank you so much. Andrew, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about the coolest title on the planet. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. So yes, Andrew Green from Software Evolution Africa Limited. And yeah, the title's a bit fun. It's Chief Nerd Herder. I think it's more relevant to my past than today, to be honest. But, you know, being in the technology field for so long, especially at companies like Internet Solutions with very large teams underneath me, it often felt like I was herding cats. So I decided to give myself a fun title in the SEAL. So. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> thank you. Now, Vili, you've moved into the cloud area and you chose to do this as COVID hit and Andrew's launched a business as COVID hit. How's that been? How's the last 18 months been for you guys? It's as you say, Daniel, we didn't choose it this way. It's how things pan out sometimes. We had discussions around Access's acceleration into the cloud environment, cloud distribution world and the cloud solution world long before anyone could spell COVID. So it landed in that we launched and started the acceleration and the creation of cloud technologies within Access in July 2020. Been very exciting, you know, taking on new team members and staff that you can't meet face to face, but we get used to the digital world quite quickly. And as an organization, we adapted to the digital world very quickly and how we managed to build the business. So exciting, challenging, but we learned through it. And I think we're in a better position than ever. We were born in this COVID world, so we know how to deal with it and we know how to be successful in it. Awesome. Born in the cloud and thriving in the cloud. We're going to get to that now. Andrew, your <laughs> journey has been slightly different as well. You moved from the corporate into a lean, agile startup. How did that come about and how's that been for you? Yeah, I mean, quite interesting, actually. So I was at Internet Solutions and managing the entire cloud environment from an engineering and operations perspective. And IS had challenges with their cloud management platform that was an in-house built platform. And I was actually tasked or my team was tasked with looking for an alternative off-the-shelf product to go and replace this in-house built application. Okay. And that's where I came across Morpheus the first time. Okay. And that's what led me to leave IS and start my own business, which wasn't sealed at the time, actually, funny enough. But we invested in the Morpheus product and brought it to South Africa. We connected to a whole bunch of clouds. And I got involved with a friend of mine's business as well. But then, you know, the COVID hit and everything sort of changed very quickly. And I then approached Morpheus and said, look, I absolutely love this product. I'm getting a lot of opportunities coming in that's really in the enterprise type of space. Can I, you know, sell this product? You know, who's distributing it locally? And they said, look, no one's doing it today. And I asked, can I have it? And I had, a, I already had a good relationship with the guys. And they mm -hmm. said, yes, 100%, you can have it. So they gave me sole distribution rights for a number of years. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we got there. So COVID 
definitely forced this to happen. But I'm obviously very happy that mm. I'm at this mm. point and mm. obviously terrible news about COVID and all that. But it's forced mm. a lot of people to make a lot of big decisions, which has turned out well for us, luckily. So you've both mentioned Morpheus twice. Now, I know Morpheus from probably the best movie ever made, and uh, that's <laughs> The Matrix. And tell me about Morpheus in a layman's term, please, Andrew, before we talk around how Billy's using it. Yeah, sure, 100%. So it really is a product that is geared towards large enterprises that have got complex technology environments and who are leveraging multiple clouds. So this could be moving from on-premise clouds into public clouds, or they've already jumped into public cloud, but now they're branching into other clouds, maybe even bringing some workloads back on-premise. And the challenges that come with that is obviously the change in skill sets, multiple teams, different tools, all those types of things. And that's really where Morpheus has sort of geared itself and engineered itself as being the centralized framework and platform that you can manage all of your cloud environments. And that doesn't matter whether it's on-premise, hosted or public, but then you can also integrate with all of the different tools and services from a development or DevOps point of view and manage that all in Morpheus and then your day two operations. So once you've got all of these things in place and you've got DevOps and all these things, how do you then back it up? How do you monitor it? How do you alert? How do you do logging? All those things, everything from one centralized platform. So that's really the kind of elevator pitch. So it's giving you a single pane of glass to look across Correct. your IT operations environment. Now, Vili, I thought Axis was a disty. Why are you involved here? How do you fit into this world? If you look at Axis and Axis Cloud Technologies over the next... 18 months or so, and even further, it's all about DCS and the division DCS that we form part of in Access, which is digital cloud and services. I represent the C component of that. And yes, we're a traditional distributor and we'll continue to do that as successfully as we've been in the past and accelerate in those areas where required. But we've also got the new focus around cloud digital services within the cloud, how we manage that and how we represent access in this cloud transformation and, and digital transformation into hybrid models, our partners and the end customers. So okay. a lot of what we do and getting to where we are now has been led and driven by our channel. We listen to our channel, we listen to our customers, we listen to their requirements and their needs. And it's part of why we are excited to be partnered with Morpheus around okay. hybrid cloud management and the solutions that come with Morpheus okay. and the challenges that it solves that our customers are asking us to resolve. So Vili, are you then a user of Morpheus in order to service your clients or are you selling it onto them as an exec on your side? It's a bit of both. We'll use it as required for our own environment. But the biggest portion of the relationship between Access and Morpheus is a managed service where we can provide a managed platform with Morpheus with regards to hybrid cloud. Okay. And the outright sell of the product for a enterprise customer through the channel that might require this to resolve them. Andrew mentioned earlier, enterprise customers, and this is for the enterprise space. Okay. And the relationship with Access Cloud Technologies also makes this available from a cost perspective to the rest of the market in a managed service environment and a pay-as-you-use model, if we can call it that. Okay, we're going to circle back to that, Philly. I think I've left you off the hook there. I'm going to come back in how you're going to be doing that for our SMEs. You know, Andrew, we've seen a proliferation of cloud across this continent, and we've seen people with cloud strategies, a cloud-first strategy, a cloud-only strategy, and now you're saying we're going back to a hybrid strategy. What mistakes are being made, in your opinion, at the moment? And how are we seeing people try and fix them? 
Yeah, look, great question. So, I mean, this market, you know, has evolved very, very quickly, this cloud market over the last few years. And what I've noticed is that there's sort of two schools of thought. There's guys that have just jumped into public clouds. So they've said, look, stop buying on-premise equipment. We're moving everything into public cloud. Those guys generally have cost problems that come out of the woodwork very, very quickly because the public clouds, unfortunately, are not cheaper. They give you a lot more value for the services that they can provide to you that you wouldn't even be able to get originally. But the guys that jump in, I mean, I've spoken to a number of large clients that say they've wasted biblical amounts of money on public cloud. <laughs> you know, guys that, yeah, and it's scary. It's, it, I mean, it's very, very scary. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars in one single bill that comes to them, you know, it's an invoice that comes from an Azure and AWS. And you can't go to Bill Gates with your hat in your hand and say, look, I'm really sorry, I, my dev spun this thing up and, you know, please, can you credit me? It's it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so that's the one sort of side of things where guys jumped in very, very quickly. Then there's the other side of it where guys say, look, we know we need to take advantage of some of the services on these public clouds. We're going to keep the stuff, you know, the stuff that's not critical or tier one apps. We're going to keep those on premise, but the other stuff we're going to move into public cloud. So the other side of that as well is that each public cloud has got their own services that they really kind of specialize in. Right? Yeah. Like Azure is very good at some things, whereas Google's better at others and AWS may be better for developers and all those types of things. Yeah. And that's kind of also what I think is happening is that a lot of the large guys say, look, I'm going to go AWS. Then they go AWS and then Microsoft comes along and says, listen, I'll give you free SQL for a year or something on the Azure cloud. And it makes total sense for them to start looking at using two clouds. But then again, when they start putting all the stuff into those clouds, they start realizing our costs are really getting out of control here. And then they start looking, well, we've still got this data center. We've still got some tin on site. Mm. Just bring some of that stuff back. So it's a natural progression of technology. And it's not specific to cloud. It actually happens every 10 or so years. Everybody insources, mm. outsources, mm. tightly couples, decouples. It's kind of the natural evolution of what's going on in the market. And okay. that's kind of what I'm seeing in South Africa and Africa. We're a little bit further behind, you know, the Europe's and the Americas of everywhere else. And that's what's happening. The guys... They picked a cloud, they went there, they've started to branch into a second cloud, they've still got the on-premise, they're now running these hybrid environments, and that's really what the product looks at helping people solve. And are you demystifying what's out there, or are you picking up where there's problems? I, I don't understand what it's helping with yet, because I'm generally dofer than most. No, no, that's a great question as well. So. Again, the, generally, the first thing that people want to talk to a cloud management platform provider about is cost saving or cost okay. management, right? Establishing guardrails and putting controls in place that people can't go and get a $300,000 fright. So that's generally the first thing that the guys look at is, please, can you help me manage my costs? But to me, that's actually not true value of a cloud management platform because okay. there's only so much you can save, right? Yeah. It's not the root cause of the problem you treating a symptom that's happened because you've gone to cloud without the necessary controls in place. Okay. So once you've got the guardrails in place and you've actually then reduced your cost or you've controlled your cost and you're now happy with that, that's where you need to start looking at now, you know, how do we accelerate out of technical debt that we might have? How do we stop shadow IT issues? How do we do faster product development mm -hmm. internally? All of those types of things. And that's where a system like this really actually is providing true value because cost saving, as I said, it's a quick win. You can generally get through that in three to six months. But then after that, you actually need to look at how can you streamline operations in your business and accelerate that business so it can do things fast and operate better. And that's where these tools are really coming out of the woodwork now that are really bringing that all together. Okay. Vili, are you seeing customers that are just pleading for help now? Was this one of the areas where you're offering services? What's your most common 
call to action for managing cloud environments? I think Andrew summarized it well. I'm just glad in a lot of instances, I'm not a CIO somewhere. I think they consume (laughs) a lot of Prozac and stress-related alcohol um, because of the challenges that that's out there at the at the moment. So, so we don't as access always directly engage with the end customers. But if I listen to, been part of a few conversations with our cloud partners and a, a lot of the, the partners that we deal with now in cloud technologies are cloud-born organisations. And you hear the word bull shock often, and we referred to it earlier. Yeah, is you know what keeps the CIO awake at night, and and it's this world of consumption. Someone changing something and you don't know, moving to a different type of storage. There's a lot of things around governance, obviously with Poppy GDPR and all the governance requirements with the protection of personal information. So security is at play, how quickly you provision, how agile you are with moving things around, orchestration of and automation across various cloud models. We On-prem on and private cloud is still very alive. And how do you move between private and various public cloud environments. So we haven't seen, I haven't, let me rephrase that, I haven't seen any other product with the solution set that Morpheus has with regards to managing that environment and giving the CIO analytical, readable information to plan, predict, manage, secure, et cetera, across various cloud platforms and across various products and solutions within the cloud technologies world. So, Billy, I haven't seen many CIOs that are going in and looking at that. They've got these little teams of people that are operating quite nicely at the moment. You've got five guys looking here, and you've got six over here, and you've got five over here. Is part of your job then this change management to try and bring them into one DevOps team that looks after enterprise-wide cloud environments? Is that where the majority of your time is spent? It's part of that. It's also providing a managed service. Around so you just take the you just take the problem away from the customers now as access. It, it, it's part of it. We'll okay. we'll do it. We don't want to compete or take anything away with regards to that. But that's where we play a role in taking okay. that managed. You know, if you've got a lot of SMME smaller partners, yes, we can provide across a specific platform to fix the economies of scale with regards to how this is consumed by the channel and the end customers. Awesome. And a question for you, Andrew, when you go into one of these enterprises where you're going into these larger than life enterprises, are you held back on the use of Morpheus by geography and by subsidiary? Or can we go truly enterprise wide as my first question? And what happens to their current support team that's in place when you're introducing something like Morpheus? Yeah, so it's a full multi-tenanted platform. And what that means is that you can have In an enterprise, you can have the centralized IT team as a master tenant in the system, and then each business unit is sub-tenants underneath that, and you can share services out from master through to the sub-tenant. So you can actually, that IT team can actually really become a service provider to the rest of its own business, and very, very effectively within the system. It's very well segregated that you're not cross-pollinating across the different business units. So it really is geared around those large enterprises with the different business units and all those types of things, right? From a support perspective, as you've asked now, this is where that IT team would then start to support their own business from within the Morpheus system as well. So they would be able to use the system to add clouds, to share clouds down to different users, add in backup products and all those types of things, mm. create these things as a service and then mm. share them down to whoever needs those things within those business units. We're talking things. We're talking things. That's an amorphic kind of mist. 
Go away from the sales. Give me a practical example yeah. here, Mr. Green. Come on. Tell me, yeah, tell sure. me how so, this stuff sure. works. Yeah, sure. 100%. I mean, so you can deploy a Kubernetes platform, a Kubernetes cluster from the master tenant and then share that down into the subtenant. So okay. as I said, the centralized IT team could actually be the service provider within a large organization, share that cluster down where the business units now have been enabled that they can start to take advantage of DevOps or containers or different container type solutions, but not have to worry about the actual Kubernetes system that's sitting underneath it. That can be fully managed centrally out of that centralized IT team. So that's a practical example. Awesome. And, the, and Morpheus does in, enable DevOps as well. So you can build out a full DevOps tool chain for an organization and share that tool chain down to business units. So each business unit might have their own DevOps team. They can sit there, write code, do their thing, commit code. But the entire process, and this is really falls into the CIO's world, the entire process, the standard operating procedures and all of the governance and risk and compliance is all adhered to and managed out of the centralized IT team. So it's a real centralized approach, but sharing out the services down, as I was mentioning, to the subtenants. So not giving sales leads here or anything, but if we looked at a centralized public sector environment that was responsible for IT, that wanted to enhance the use of containerization across, say, municipalities, this is a good way to both control and to roll out development and up speed. Am I going to have to get new teams? Is that a new skill set that I'm looking at? How hard is this thing, Billy? I don't see that. I see it's optimizing existing teams, freeing up time in specific parts of the business to spend on other things that might have been spent on just fighting fires. So I think it's optimizing that. If you look at Morpheus, what stood out for me in some of the discussions is it's also a non-disruptive solution process where within an hour you can have analytics, et cetera, as you deploy it and as you are onboarding, et cetera. So it most definitely enhancing what's there. Awesome. The other side of it is when these large organizations have got multiple clouds and they're managing multiple clouds, the cloud native services are native to those clouds. And what that means is as you're adding more clouds into the mix, your skill sets are actually growing. And often, you know, guys that are pro AWS are pro AWS. They don't want to go and learn another cloud technology. So this way of working now where people are moving into these hybrid environments is actually creating a problem from a skill set point of view, mm. and it's creating a headcount issue. And then all the amounts of tools that you have, because an Azure tool is different, you know, management for monitoring tool mm. is different from an AWS tool. Mm. So you're actually getting tool sprawl as well as an increase in headcount by having multiple clouds. And that's where this really starts to actually help you have a single platform that you don't need to have all these different skill sets and teams, siloed teams specifically. You can centralize the teams and have one tool that you can work in. It doesn't matter what clouds and tools and services you're actually connected to behind it. Why wouldn't customers go this way at the moment? What do they think is the solution that they've got? So a lot of guys don't know that they've got a problem yet. So they may not have got to the point that they've got a problem. And from my side, the guys that reach out to us are really two sides. There's only two types, right? There's guys that have got a strategic intent for something. So they may come out with like an RFP and they say, look, we know we're going to need to use these three clouds, so two public clouds and one on-premise clouds. We know we're going to do that. We know we can foresee that we're going to have a problem with skills and siloed teams and all these things. So we would like to look at putting a platform in place before we have these issues. And they want to make sure they can control costs and have the guardrails and all the governance risk and compliance and all those types of things. That's the one sort of side of it. The other side is where guys, as we mentioned earlier, they've jumped into the cloud 
And now they've got a problem and they're really now looking to solve this problem. And generally they're trying to solve it quite quickly. So those are kind of the two taking this into some of the large enterprises that I've spoken to that either don't know they have got a problem or they don't actually have a problem yet. It doesn't really go anywhere. Those conversations, because the guys, the CROs are generally saying, look, I've got everything under control. Mm. I'm happy. Mm. And then I said, well, fantastic. You guys reach out to us when you, when you're ready, or if you are ever ready, you can give us a call and we'll help you, you know, we'll help you do the stuff. I'm going to be asking a question on that now, Vili. It sounds like Andrew comes with a big price tag. What about me in the medium to large range? Is this accessible for me or is it this podcast we're talking about the big daddy on the block? Yeah, look, I've known Andrew for quite some time and we've been in various business endeavors in his past roles and we all know he doesn't come cheap. So, so, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just That's kidding. what his wife said. That's what his wife said. Come on. Yeah. So, so uh, that's what part of the big value is that Access brings and Access Cloud Technologies is to make this accessible to a market that might not be able to outright purchase X amount of workloads that exist. And we can then broaden that spectrum. Large organizations, enterprise organizations, as Andrew mentioned, I think if they look at this and how it works and how it's put together, won't create challenges from my point of view, okay. but we make it available and that's what we're doing and that's what's key for us. Outstanding. Um, in cloud technologies is to make, to have the value of what Morpheus brings and hybrid cloud management through the platform brings to everyone that needs it and that will find value out of being more predictable yeah. through the analytics and management in the platform. Okay. Guys, we've got eight minutes left and I really want to ask you those three distinct questions. I think I'm going to pose them to you one at a time. And Andrew, I'd like to know, what are you most excited for coming out of Morpheus in the next six months out of the stable? What releases have you got? Yeah, so they actually do quite a lot of releases. I mean, they're doing, you know, minor releases every two weeks and then major releases every month or two. What I'm really most excited about is the integration framework. And the reason for that is you can imagine that Every large enterprise that actually does take Morpheus in as a product, Morpheus is getting requests. So, oh, can't you just add this tool in? Or can't you integrate with this tool? We'd love to be able to use all the tools in the system. And, you know, Morpheus as a business can't scale to that. So they've created this integration framework. And what that means is that you're going to be able to, within Morpheus, very, very simply point it at a third-party API. So if you've got a tool or a service that's got a REST API, you point Morpheus at it. It'll go and discover everything behind there, and you can actually create your own integration into that third-party system yourself. You're not going to need developers and all these types of things. Everything that's done in Morpheus is very, very simple and intuitive. Okay. So you're going to be able to create those own integration points for yourself, and that could be into any tool, cloud, or service that you might have running within an organization. Very, that's very powerful. Outstanding. Vili, as the executive for cloud technologies at Axis, What's your team's focus? What are you driving for the next quarter? Where are you guys going? The main drive for us is conversations with our partners and listening to the channel with regards to understanding the business needs that's out there. Um, I mentioned earlier that from a distribution or being a cloud business within the distribution portfolio, we don't always get information. We don't have direct touch with end customers. So Mm. for us, it's continuing our conversations with our partners assisting them to grow their business, not just processing orders, but adding value to their discussions with products like Morpheus and growing our channel as a service model that lives within the cloud technologies business within Access on how we assist with demand generation, lead generation, market making, et cetera, and with our partner base and growing what we're doing in cloud technologies 
from a customer engagement perspective. Outstanding. My last question for both of you. I'm going to start with you, Andrew. As the custodian of Morpheus and moving out here, what advice would you have for someone that's listening to this who's battling with just this cloud sprawl that's just gotten... What advice would you have for them right now, apart from phoning you? I think people need to also take a bit of a step back. I think a lot of the problems that have been caused or a lot of pain that people are in today is from making decisions too quickly and not potentially doing enough homework around, you know, exactly what could happen if you go and put all of these workloads in a public cloud, for instance. I find personally that the guys that have the biggest problems today, the guys that adopted it very quickly, and while you're an early adopter, that's fantastic. But the pain that, you know, and this is, it comes from me personally as well. I mean, if I make a decision in my previous life, if I was making a decision on a technology change, for instance, I'd rather spend nine months understanding the problem and looking at exactly what I'm going to do as a solution and then three months of implementation, but then you know you've solved the problem. You know, mm-hmm. if you rush a solution and you spend three, four years trying to solve that problem, and mm-hmm. that would be my sort of advice to anybody who's looking at it or who's already got problems, just try to understand the problem a lot more, give it a lot of thought on what could come out of those things and really try to prepare yourself correctly before making decisions, rather spend more time planning and less time execution. Excellent. Excellent. Vili? I think for us, I mentioned it earlier, DCS, digital cloud services, you know, what is the conversation requirements? What are the pain points? How we address that? And who you partner with Mm. to address those issues, be it an end customer or a cloud provider in the middle? Who you choose as your partners, who you choose as your trusted advisors, who you choose as your your digital platform and your services component within Mm -hmm. that area. So that would be the advice, you know, from my side to anyone Excellent. Thank you very much, Philly and Andrew, for your time today. It's been good to meet people who have started businesses in this time. South Africa needs new good news stories, and you two are both on the cusp of it. Just by the fact that we're here means you're doing something right. I look forward to meeting more of your teams and seeing you out there. Billy, I think this move from access from just the DISTI to supporting the channel in cloud is amazing. And Andrew, I imagine the whiplash from moving from IS, this big (laughs) engine, into your own agile dinghy has also given us some learning that you're going to share over the next couple of months. I'm going to follow both of you on LinkedIn. Thank you for giving us the time. Thank you for sharing some of your wisdom and thank you for doing what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you guys shooting the lights out over the next quarter and helping a couple of customers with their cloud sprawl. From my side, Daniel at Tech Central, thank you for being on the podcast and I'm going to sign off right now. 